Hey, buddy. What? It's October, man, and you know what that means. Candy! Scary stuff. What? I mean... The, candy? Look, the only thing that kids look forward to in Halloween and in October is getting candy from strangers in the middle of the night. But what about scary stories about ghouls and witches and mummies and vampires and stuff, man? Look, bro, kids don't dress up as those old, classical universal monsters or whatever. They like just to get candy by driving around <sighs> in their vans, okay? Kids drive around vans? I mean, teens, like... I don't know. But that, look. That's it. Our world is over. They get candy, over. okay? Our, our world is over. Your generation is <laughs> going to ruin it. Let, let's just start this episode. Okay. Welcome to Geekology 101. My name is Joshua. And I'm Diego. And today we're going to be taking a deep dive into the spookiest villains in comic books. That's right. And there's uh, there's some scary dudes out there, man. There is. And yeah. we're going to be listing some of them in this episode. Yeah. You know what one is, what's one of the most interesting things to me? What? That a lot of these villains, a lot of these creepy villains, aren't. they don't even have any supernatural stuff to them. They're just kind of like deranged. Yeah. And that in itself is creepy, which I think is kind of like probably like the best kind of creepy because... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we're gonna be doing that. But before we do that, we've got uh, we've got some news and uh, some reviews. News and reviews. I'm trying to make that the official like intro to news and reviews. Look, we should hire someone Is to that like. What you're trying to do? We should hire someone to say news and reviews. Really. And just like put that in every news and reviews at the beginning. Maybe we should hire the same like high pitched voice person who did the uh, spoiler alert for us. <laughs> And then just, you know, reviews or whatever. That was you. How are you going to break the movie magic, the podcast magic, man? You can't tell the people that that was me <laughs> with a filter. You're ruining the illusion. Look, bro, the, the illusion is for Hollywood, okay? I'm not your bro, I'm your pops. Okay, dude. Let's get into news and reviews. Okay. Hey, uh, did you check out that first image released of uh, Bella Ramsey? And uh, Pedro Pascal as Ellie and Joel from the Last of Us. I uh, did. Series. I did. <laughs> and it basically looks the same, yeah. except that um, except that Ellie's hair is a bit more red than that. That's not the big. You know what the funny th- the funny thing about that thing is to me. What there have to be a lot of other people like us who were like. When the casting was announced, you know, we're like, okay, I mean, they're good actors and I all mean, that, hopefully Pedro but they Pascal. don't look like the people. Yeah. And so it's funny that the very first image that they would release would be from the back, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> where we can't see the face. It's almost like they're easing us into the idea that like, okay, they don't necessarily look like these characters. Hopefully Pedro Pascal <laughs> at least like tries to do sort of the accent that Joel has. I don't know. I don't think so, man. Because I mean, judging by who they got to pay, play uh, Joel and his brother Tommy, like clearly they're they're changing the character to be Hispanic. You you can't have the same Joel accent. Joel isn't at that Hispanic. Point. I mean, I mean, come on. Like I don't know. I guess if they were Hispanics born and raised in wherever it is that Joel was from, yeah, then they can have the accent, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think we just have to accept like this is not supposed to be 
characters who look exactly like these characters, right? They weren't going for that. They were going for the caliber of actor and actress that yeah. can deliver some real cool performances. And I think they will. I mean, these two are great. I've seen them in Game of Thrones and Pedro Pascal specifically. I've seen him in, in, in many other things, and he's an excellent actor. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, from the back... It looks just like him, pretty much. Except the it's, hair. Uh, yeah. Stop it with the hair. <laughs> and uh, so Amazon created a robot. Astrobot. The Astro, yeah. I think it's just Astro, actually. And Astro is a little robot on wheels. Little tiny guy. Cute kind of cute looking dude. Yeah. And he just, like, follows you around if you tell him to. And he kind of, like, scans your whole house and just runs around. And whatever Alexa is connected to, he's connected to. So, yeah. like, if you have your house... Uh, completely intelligent and you know it's like your window drapes and your locks and your everything is controlled by Alexa then suddenly this little robot can control any of that stuff she's listening to us probably it is kind of creepy though especially that part in the video at night when he's like walking around scanning the living room yeah while everybody's sleeping <laughs> like they try you know they paint it as like oh yeah he'll be there like to secure your house you know if there's an intruder or whatever he'll alert or so, he'll sound the I mean, alarm I do think that he's scanning it so that like he knows where stuff is <laughs> still creepy man and that he knows where his charging station is still creepy though I just if you imagine waking up in the middle of the night opening your eyes first thing you see is Astro staring up at you with his little round <laughs> eyes <laughs> that, that would be cute I wanna help you really terrifying. I oh, like God. fluffy stuff. D is not fluffy. He's cold and metallic. Or <laughs> they they or should make a case for him where, where it's fluffy. <laughs> and there's actually, you just discovered a, a PlayStation game called Astro, what is it? Yeah, he's just Astro called Bot? Astro Return. Like rescue go. mission and, and the little robot there kind of looks like Astro from Amazon. Doesn't yeah, it? it's a thing that whenever you get a PlayStation Four, or PlayStation Five, mm-hmm. it's like the first game that's immediately downloaded onto there. Interesting. And it tells you how to use the controller. Huh. I wonder how Sony feels about Astro from Amazon. Right. Anyway, and, and then there's um, there's also the uh, the Jetsons. They have like a servant who's a robot. Really. No, it's their dog, I think, that's called Astro. Yeah, it's their dog. Their dog is called Astro. Oh, okay, I thought it was the robot. But anyway, yeah, Amazon creating robots, just, you know, slowly taking over the world. There's an episode of, I think the show's called Death, Love, and Robots, and it's like an anthology series, kind of like uh, Dark Mirror or something mm-hmm. like that, where each episode is standalone. Yeah. And they're short stories, like 15-minute long stories. And there's this one episode where it's like robots that kind of look a little bit like these, like Astro. Really? Yeah, and like they malf- one of them malfunctions and goes into like human extermination mode or something. <laughs> and the whole episode is like this lady trying, this old lady trying to survive this 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 robot that is malfunctioned, trying to kill her. Huh? Yeah. So I'm not buying Astro. Don't get your hopes up. You can tell your mom to buy it at her house because I'm good. You're good with your with your Apple Pod that you never use. Hey, listen, it, it, it didn't meet my expectations. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. Changing the news to more violent videos. 
Uh, PPSS is a company uh. that creates body armor and stuff. And this this guy, <laughs> it looked like he was wearing nothing. This dude. It's a vest, right? So it's a body armor vest that they were like showing in this convention. Literally. And the dude just puts this vest on and it covers his entire like midsection. And then this other dude literally grabs a full-on machete, sl- try, tries to kill this dude. Going to town on this man. <laughs> like stabbing him violently. And, Hitting- and it doesn't do anything to this Hitting guy. him in the back with a baseball bat. Like, yeah. d- take a gun and then shoot it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's the next test. Yeah, pretty crazy. Like, it really is body armor. And it's like, for how durable it is, it was surprisingly thin. I don't know what the thing was made of, but... Yeah, probably made of, like, some kind of carbon fiber mixed with, I don't know, like... I, like, I see that and I just think Batman. Like, that, I mean, that, that, is, that looks like something Batman would use. It looks like something Wayne Tech would probably create. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Enterprises. No joke. Um, so we're watching Rocky Four in theaters. Remember that? So um, it turns out that Sylvester Stallone, who directed Rocky Four, and of course starred in it as Rocky Balboa. He did? Yeah. Oh. He directed it. Um, he... He had something like 40 minutes of unseen footage, never before seen footage from that yeah, movie. Yeah, you told me about that. And he's and he's releasing a director's cut? Yeah, a director's cut of Rocky IV, and he's titling the movie event Rocky versus, Rocky versus um, Drago. Like, that's what he's calling the movie now? Not the movie, but, like, this event, because it's, like, a one-day-only thing. Really? Yeah, and it's going to be in select theaters. And uh, there's going to be some kind of component where he's going to be either live or something like that, like streaming into the theater to introduce the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got us tickets. So we're going to go to this thing. It's at some point in November. Is um, it? Is it? Is it in Florida? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's our, It's in a theater uh, close to where we live. So. I think it's pretty cool because you got you got pretty deep into the Rocky movies and the Creed movies, mm. and I think it's pretty cool to to be able to experience watching that movie in the theater. Together, yeah, you know, I never saw I it mean, in the theater. It is basically a new movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in a way, it it would be kind of weird to see um to see a, a like a new movie in theaters with that camera quality mm-hmm. <laughs> because obviously the cameras back then weren't as good as they are now. Right. So it's going to be kind of weird. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. But but I'm, I'm going to be glad to like experience that with you. Because, again, I have, I've never saw a movie in theaters either. So it's going to be a new experience for you. Yeah, absolutely. Completely new experience. And I'm looking forward to it. So Konami is remaking Metal Gear Solid. Weren't there rumors <laughs> about that for a while? I'm not sure. I, I, I can't remember we had heard about this when we recorded the episode of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I found that kind of interesting that they're going to be remaking the uh, the series. And it makes me think if it's going to have some kind of tie or association with the movie that uh, was announced that they were going to be making with... Who was it that was going to be playing Snake? Uh, Oscar Isaac, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of interesting, the timing. I wonder if it has to do with it. There, you know there I mean? are so many people that peop- that everyone calls Snake in the Metal Gear franchise. Yeah. Like, if, Hopefully they clean that up, too. They have yeah. the opportunity now, right? Because they can make the story like really interesting. Actually, remember, I think I said this during that episode that we recorded, mm-hmm. um, that I thought I, th- I thought that if they rebooted this entire franchise, they have a, not- a-, a chance to 
clean up the story and make it all make sense less convoluted less clones of clones and sons of clones and all that stuff like literally if 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 some agent just some regular agent says hey snake come here like <laughs> venom snake what solid snake what big boss what liquid, liquid snake, snake what <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so let's see, man. Hopefully they're doing a nice job. You know, the other opportunity that they have, which I brought this up at some po- uh, different points in the podcast, too. I think that there hasn't really been a good example of a, of a studio creating a movie continuity, like a canon of a, of a film or a story that connects with a video game and that the video game is part of the canon. So we've seen Star Wars doing it with cartoons, right? Yeah. Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, uh, Bad Batch, etc. All of these are canon to the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. We've seen, of course, Marvel now do it, right? The MCU, the shows from Disney Plus are all connected. They're part of the canon. We've never seen that done from a movie series to video games. We haven't. Wouldn't that be a cool experience? It would. Like, having an actual movie that mm-hmm. ties in. Because, I mean, Resident Evil. Mm. No, no, no. Yeah, I no, mean, no, 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 it hasn't happened. It doesn't connect. The things don't connect. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that. Yeah. That's, that's an example of those movies not yeah, connecting exactly. to the actual. That's a good example, yeah. Hopefully, um, Welcome to Raccoon City is maybe yeah. I don't know but wouldn't it be cool if we got like let's say we got a, a movie right the first movie of Metal Gear Solid with, with Oscar Isaac right mm-hmm. and then after that movie is released like the next year or whatever um, they release a video game the reboot of the video game but the video game is actually continuing the story of the first movie yeah and so you're basically living playing through an entire movie and wherever it is that that second that that game concludes the next film picks up from there I think that'd be awesome, man. Like, talk about like experiencing a, a, a film franchise in a new way. You yeah, wouldn't I, like I, that? That would be cool. Like, yeah, I would. Yeah, man. Come on, I, I thought I think it'd be pretty cool. All right, Spider-Man Two will be Insomniac's Empire Strike Back. Their best game yet. <laughs> no. Let, oh, well, I guess that's one way of interpreting it. Do, do not tell no, me that you did that, not say no, the Empire Strikes Back. No, <laughs> but that wasn't that wasn't the point of like the, the report. Like Games GameStop and GameSpot and a whole bunch of other websites have reported um, that Insomniac's uh, leadership has like talked about this, right? That mm-hmm. this is gonna be a darker entry compared to the first Spider Man. Oh, darker. Game. I mean yeah. I would guess they have friggin' Venom. <laughs> right. But it's gonna be interesting because like the first Spider-Man wasn't exactly like, you know, a walk in the park. It wasn't. I mean, like, Miles lost his father. Uh-huh. Peter lost Aunt May. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you bro, haven't played. Bro, bro. Um, you know, Dr. Octopus, like, the, that whole relationship with, with, with uh, Peter and the heartbreak that Peter felt. <laughs> and then he had to kill him in the Like... He didn't kill. He didn't kill him. No. Oh dang it! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like there's there's a lot of heartbreak and pain in that in that game. So yeah, if this if the second game is gonna be darker than that, whoa, I don't know. It just feels like it's, we're we're about to experience something, <laughs> some some dark times. All I know is that they have to add Bully Maguire because Bully Maguire is king. 
it's incredible how long that meme has lasted. <laughs> and it just keeps on evolving and evolving. I just saw a version of it where Bully McGuire takes over um, the role from Mary Jane in her play. And she's like crying. And he's like, oh, you're going to cry? <laughs> <laughs> like he said, <laughs> yeah, it it just keeps on getting like more and more uh, life. I saw a meme where it was like um um deleted scene from Spider Man No Way Home, mm-hmm. and it was Bully McGuire outside of the shop dancing, and then and then it just shows a CGI of uh, Tom Holland Spider Man and you Garfield Spider Man mm-hmm. and Tobey Maguire Spider Man, yeah. and Tobey Maguire just shoots Bully McGuire in the head, and he's like, <laughs> see a chump. Tom Clancy, buddy. Tom Clancy, creator of uh, Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, Ghost Recon, and a whole bunch of other very popular video games. Yeah, he and makes like everything. corresponding novels. Yeah, uh, Jack Ryan, a whole bunch of stuff. So um, there's going to be a PvP, player versus player, 100-person battle royal-type game created out of the Clancy-verse. Wait, are all these, do all these games exist in the same universe? I don't think so, but I guess this is going to, like, connect them in some kind of meta way. I don't know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so apparently it's going to, it's going to, the core game is going to be uh, duos, a duos type game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the duo is supposed to, like, go in and collect intel throughout the entire island um, and complete, like, se- several missions. And then they have to meet at an extraction point to get off the island. Tom Clancy's Extraction. I guess uh, no storm, nothing to kind of like condense the space or condense the thing. So you're really like it's free roaming in that in that place. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? I was wondering, like, man, is is that gonna be too much? Like, how long would each game last? I mean, I guess it would be for people who are like really hardcore about those kind of games. Probably, although you know what, they could make some of the missions time sensitive, mm. right? So if you don't do it, you lose, you you fail the mission. But so apparently it's going to be like, you know, you're going to be competing against a whole bunch of other duos up to 100 people in one game at a time. And it's going to be all out war. Tom Clancy style. Yeah. Let's see. Um, you liked, what was it called? Call of Duty's, um, what is it called? The Battle Royale game? That they Call made? of Duty Black Ops. Um, Warzone. Warzone, yeah. Yeah. You, you was... played it more than me. Did you like it? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, there were some really cracked players, and no, they just they just kept on, you know, annihilating me. There's been people, dudes have been playing uh, Call of Duty since, like, before you were even an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't planned. What? I wasn't planned. No, you were an incredible surprise. High five. <laughs> that was uh, us kind of high-fiving. That yeah, was us high-fiving, yeah. All right, uh, WandaVision. Is is getting Dead. is getting at least one spinoff, but possibly two. It is a spinoff. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but no, WandaVision is getting a spinoff focused completely on Catherine Hahn's Agatha Harkness. Uh, what would it, uh, what would it like be about? Witchcrafty stuff, <laughs> obviously. The theme song, we know what the theme song is. Oh, that'd be awesome if they made that the theme song? <laughs> yeah. No, but would that make sense for, for a show just focused on her? I don't know. The lyrics The I lyrics mean, are kind of like relevant to WandaVision. It has to. But anyway, yeah. I, I, what do you think about that? Uh, a show focused only on Agatha Harkness. I don't know. I forget. Did you like her as much as I liked her? Because I love that character. I mean. 
All right, that gives me my answer. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm hoping that it's not a prequel. I'm hoping that it's actually, like, moving her story forward. That like, she kinda, like, when breaks she got trapped in Westview? Yeah, yeah that she kind of, like, breaks free from that, mm-hmm. I hope. Um, but, yeah, Catherine Hunt is awesome, man. She did such a great job uh, with that role, and I, I hope that um, I hope that it does um, see the light of day. Then there's another spinoff focused on Monica Rambeau that is rumored. Rumored. Yeah. So as, so as of the now. last time that I read up on this, it wasn't exactly confirmed, but it's rumored that she might be getting a spinoff. But but the Agatha one is confirmed. Yeah, that one seems to be confirmed. Like that's actually like they they ordered it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus ordered it. Um, the Monica Rambeau one, I imagine, would take place after the Marvels, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, which is going to be the next time that we see her. Probably Secret Invasion, the Disney Plus series, we'll see her there as well because she so, has that connection to Nick Fury and the Scrolls. Would Marvels be? Um, would Marvels? That's be... Captain Marvel too. Yeah, so it would be the Captain Marvel that we know. Yeah. Um, Kamala Khan. Yeah. And Monica Rambeau. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And who knows who else? We, you know, those are only the ones that we know of so far. Uh, so yeah, that's um, that's kind of cool. I love to see uh, shows getting spinoffs. Uh, speaking of spinoffs, so what? It's going to be a show called Spinoff. <laughs> uh, what if? Which uh, we just finished watching. We saw the finale last week. Fire. Now it was um, fire. Yeah. And we're, let's talk about that in just a minute. Give it a review, like a spoilery review. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, did you know that there were plans up until Chadwick Boseman's passing, there were plans to create a spin-off cartoon show focused only on T'Challa Star-Lord? Yeah. Oh, you oh, you seem so like negatively surprised by this. <laughs> oh, look at you. Spin-offs of spin-offs. Of oh, spin-offs. Of this spin-offs. Oh, we got an anti-spin-offer in the room, people. No, but like these Look at him. He looks frustrated. He looks These are spin-offs. He looks like I just told him to do a math homework right now. Look. Look at him. Math sucks, but look. <laughs> In a single episode, and then you do a whole show off of that, and then you're probably gonna do a spinoff off of that show about a character in that. Like oh it's it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I gotta be honest. I as much as I enjoyed that episode, the T'Challa Star Lord one, uh, I wasn't like as enamored with that character as as people seem to be. I don't know if it's that people are like seeing it all through like. Through the lens of nostalgia of having lost Chadwick Boseman. Mm -hmm. And it just adds on a lot of emotional value for them. For that character. But I wouldn't... I wouldn't have asked for like a series on that uh, from that character at all. Now, now they're gonna do the spinoff of him, and and then they're gonna do a spinoff of the Thanos in that universe, and then they're gonna do a spinoff of one of the characters in that show, and then they're gonna... <laughs> yeah, probably. But hey, again, it is the what if universe, so technically they can go in all sorts of directions there. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Uh, so based on the last episode, and we'll get into more details in just a minute, but the, there was supposed to be a Gamora and Tony Stark episode, uh, but it seems like COVID-19 messed up. I, whatever production houses or animation houses it is that they had working on that stuff, mm-hmm. um, that one wasn't able to be completed on time. And so there's uh, that's the reason why it didn't end up being uh, in season one. So it seems like they're gonna show that episode in se- in a season two of What If. They should. Call, I think it. I think it would be called like What If Gamora Slayed Thanos or something. Probably, yeah. 
uh and uh yeah and i guess i don't know i'm guessing that they'll find a way to like add more stuff to it or something like that to tie it into whatever story they're gonna tell in season two not just let it be like a flashback or a prequel episode yeah. for a prequel's sake uh so hopefully but yeah that, that was kind of interesting right the tony stark armor was pretty interesting yeah i definitely sakarian yeah right definitely sakarian um yeah very interesting uh dragon ball super has uh, an animated movie Dragon Ball Superhero coming up. Oh, you saw it? I haven't. Uh, oh, <laughs> that was um, a guess. Oh my <laughs> god, I actually got that right. Yeah, um, that was interesting. When it, when I first saw it and the trailer began, I thought that it was gonna be like focused on Super Saiyan Man. Oh yeah, that but guy it, exists. But it didn't seem like it was at all. It seemed like there was like this guy who came up who looks who was like looks and feels kind of like a comic book supervillain of sorts and then mm. there's supposed to be this other character that comes in and is, and is like supposedly a hero and then somehow they get intertwined with all the characters the z warriors and all that mm. it looks whatever like i'm gonna watch it you know and probably in theaters and we can go watch it in theaters it'd be yeah great. man there are like now two anime movies that we're planning to go see in theaters yeah super uh super, dragon ball super superhero and then World Heroes Mission. Oh, yeah, Hero there you Academia. go, My Hero Academia. Yeah. That's right. Okay, and uh, our last piece of news, buddy. Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. Oh. They have released the first look at the Autobots in, you know, car form. Yeah. And so they, they showed us Optimus, they showed us Bumblebee, they showed us Mirage, and they showed us the Volkswagen Beetle van. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the Volkswagen van and, like, the motorcycle. I forget what those two characters are. But what did you think of them, man? They look really, like, they're really going for that classic look. They look dope. Yeah. I think they're definitely going for the Bumblebee, kind of. The, the Bumblebee, Bumblebee movie. movie. Yeah. Because in the Bumblebee movie in the beginning, we can see that Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. he, like, he did look like he does in the comics. Yeah. Just obviously with a few alterations because it's not a cartoon. Yeah. But he looked very much like the truck form in the comics. Yeah. Uh, I really like these car designs. I think, I think they're really on point. I love that Bumblebee movie. I love, like... Just the aesthetic of the robots and stuff was so much cooler than than the more complicated stuff that all the other Transformer movies had gone for. Michael Bay, light yeah. flashes. Hey, he's still involved in it, but I guess he's Wait, like, he is. He's way back in like the production stuff. I don't think he has his hands too deep into the mm. direction of the film. I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really happy with that. The interesting thing is gonna wait is gonna be to see the designs for the Beast Wars characters. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they're going to make them look like animals. Because in the uh, Beast Wars show, yeah. um, does, when, Optimal, when Optimus Primal mm-hmm. transforms into the gorilla, yeah. like does it look like a full-on gorilla? Like, is there, like, gorilla skin and gorilla yes, hair? absolutely. They look exact In the cartoons, yes. They look exactly like animals. Later I don't on, want them to do that. Later on... As like I forget how many seasons that show ended up having, but later on they end up for some reason breaking away from that, mm-hmm. and so they they have like part animal looking stuff and part robotic looking stuff when they're in beast mode. Mm-hmm. But uh, but at, at first they're all absolutely uh, beast looking. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's what they're gonna go for. I have no. Clue. I hope that they don't. I'm really looking forward to seeing the uh, to get catching the first look of those designs. Yeah. Um, but another interesting thing about this is that I had. And put two and two together that we're actually going to get 
an interaction between Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal, which yeah. are not the same person. They're not the same character. I don't know why they would... Wait, um... Optimus is... Why would they both have the same first name? <laughs> no clue. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna justify that. I hope it doesn't like get too convoluted or too complicated because I know that there's been other primes, right? Yeah, the, like prime, prime is prime is like is, a title. Yeah, yeah. but Optimus. Optimus mm, is a name. Yeah. So that's gonna be interesting to see. Maybe like how it is that that connects there. Maybe time travel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found this really cool design of Optimus Primal. Mm-hmm. It looks complicated yeah. look. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a design. If you if you go and Google Optimus Prime uh, movie design, you'll yeah, probably Optimus come Prime across movie design. Yeah, you'll, you'll come across come... this this really cool rendering. I don't know if it's like if it's like official concept art or of any sort, but um but it's a really cool render of like a kind of a mechanized looking gorilla. I would like it if they colored it. Yeah, that would look so? kind of weird, but I, I think, weird. I think it would be cool though. Yeah. I mean, Optimus Prime is nah, his colors are traditionally red and blue. Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna have to call the purest card on this one. I would prefer for them to be to look like animals. Because hmm. we already got in Transformers Extinction, Extinction, we already got the Dinobots looking all mechanized. Yeah, well, hopefully at least they look like big animals because it wouldn't make sense if they shrink to regular animal size. No, yeah, they would have to be proportionate. Yeah. Um, but but I feel like okay, like the the Dinobots in the cartoons looked mechanized, and so it made sense that they looked mechanized in the movies. Mm-hmm. But but uh, but I don't know. I think they gotta. I don't know, man. We'll see. Because the whole point of of them looking like animals was that they needed to, they wanted to blend in into their surroundings. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it's really, you know, something really weird, <laughs> that cartoon. What? That it seemed like there were there were a few episodes where they started losing themselves in their beast mode. Really? And they started seeing themselves as animals. I remember this very clearly. There's like a whole episode or, or a couple of episode arc where like they just start acting like animals. It seems like if they spend too much time in their beast mode, they yeah. start letting that nature take over too much. Hmm. It's really interesting. Maybe they scan the animals too hard. Yeah, exactly. Right. Something like that. You know, it's like, like maybe they scan how they think. Maybe. Yeah. They're, they're primitive brains. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how they take it and translate that into the movie. But um, I'm really looking forward to this movie, man. Bumblebee was awesome. If this is going to be kind of like a, you know, successor to follow up to Bumblebee, um, I'm going to be a happy camper. Or a happy transformer. And before we go on to break, we uh, we have one review to chat about. Yeah. And that is uh, No Time to Die, the final entry into the Daniel Craig James Bond film series. Um, and before we do, we're going to talk uh, freely about the whole thing. Yeah. So if you haven't watched No Time to Die and you're planning on watching it, uh, you may want to turn around right now. This is your spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! You've been warned. Spoiler alert for No Time to Die. All right, buddy. So what did you think about the movie? I liked because the other movies didn't really have like... I don't, at least I don't think I haven't seen a lot of the other movies. I've seen uh, Skyfall and Spectre. Mm-hmm. 
or I haven't seen Quantum Solace and um, Casino Royale. Right. But the other movies, they didn't really have a threat. I, I don't know, they didn't really have a threat that threatened, like, the entire world, right? I think that they... Um, <laughs> some of them had, had like, global implications... Did they? But nothing like this. Like this whole Heracles virus type thing. Yeah. Uh, like, well, we... it, was a, it wasn't a virus really. It was like a, well, it's like a nanobot yeah. virus. Some weird nanobot stuff. Yeah, which basically kind of like allowed you to target very specific DNA traits. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Like, <laughs> that's a crazy real global level threat. And no, no, we hadn't seen anything like that. I thought that that was that was actually a pretty cool um, concept. I like I like that whole that whole Heracles thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was really it was a pretty good threat. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. something that could threaten the whole world, basically. Yeah, and it made it just very important for. Um, to solve the... For Bond and 007. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, to stop it from, from... To stop whatever dude's creepy mask guy uh, name is from... Yeah, from his name was so complicated that I, I couldn't I, I couldn't memorize it he, by the I, end of the I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even remember that he had a name. <laughs> yeah, he definitely had a name, but I could not catch it, man. Um, but yeah, that was um, as far as villains go. I think he was he was interesting, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. He just kind of came and went. Uh, I felt that there was going to be a little bit more drama when it came to uh, to Madeline Madeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bond's ex-girlfriend turned new girlfriend. That, um, that uh, go- daughter? Yeah. That girl? Yeah, Matilde. What? Her emotion when her mom was being pulled away from her, mm-hmm. she had so much emotion. Just totally emotion. I detect a hint, hint of sarcasm in your voice. Look, bro. Look, she just had no emotion. Yeah, that little girl was like stoic as all hell. <laughs> she would like reacted not, not, she didn't react at all yeah um we got of course a return of all the a uh, lot of the characters that have been following Daniel Craig's James Bond during this entire series um you know we got M Mallory M we got Money Penny but his name Q. is actually Manor- Mallory his last name is Mallory. Oh. Yeah. Um, I really liked in this movie that I, I've been, by the way, if I haven't said this yet in this podcast, which I think I have, this is by far to me um, the best James Bond. It's a James Bond that actually got me interested enough to follow the entire run. Yeah, Daniel Craig's James yeah. Bond. Um, I just thought I always found like the only other James Bond that I really saw because I you know grew up in the 90s and stuff like that was, uh, was Pierre Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan. And while Pierce Brosnan is an okay actor, he, he that interpretation of Bond just seemed kind of campy to me. It seemed a little bit goofy. And that is when all, all the clips that I've watched of all James Bond movies, uh, Sean Connery and the other dudes, it, it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't my flavor. Kind of like Star Trek wasn't my thing until uh, they rebooted it. Um, so Daniel Craig's James Bond to me just brought like a grittiness and a realism in a way and like a groundedness to it. And it was that this series of James Bond movies began around the same time that the Dark Knight um, trilogy came out. Mm-hmm. Like around the 2005? Yeah. And there was like this thing in the air when it came to films. and Like in greed. 
Gritty yeah, mix. like realism, right? And so, like, that's why Christopher Nolan's Batman was so, like, down to earth compared to the other Batmans and mm. all that. So, yeah, Daniel Craig's James Bond to me is personally the quintessential James Bond. I think he is awesome. He brought a seriousness to his, a, a gravitas to the role that, that I really was drawn to. So I followed all these films. Money, Penny, Q have been two of my favorite characters, specifically Q. I love the interaction between Q and, and Bond. Um, Q was introduced in Skyfall, Money, Penny, I think also in Skyfall. And um, and so like their trust in Bond and vice versa has grown throughout the last couple of films, and it kind of culminates here where you actually see him visiting Q's apartment. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and you see Q's cats, which you talked to, you mentioned in passing, in, Did he? Uh, back in Skyfall, I think it was. Um, he was like, yeah, Bond was trying to get him to do something that could cost him his job. And he was like, you know, I have a mortgage and uh, two cats to feed or whatever. And now we actually <laughs> get to see the cats, those bald, hairless cats. I feel like it would be cool if they made a movie that is just called 007. Uh-huh. And it's kind of a, a prequel to to the um, uh, Daniel Craig franchise. Okay. And it focuses on not only James Bond, yeah, but like the most interesting 007s that okay. have ever been, like the all the people who have had the, the title 007. So like even introducing us to characters that we haven't heard before. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. that would be cool. Like expanding beyond James Bond. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where they go now mm-hmm. because. Um, the producers are holding on to any kind of announcement of where they're going to go. Are they going to reboot it? Is there going to be a next Bond? Is it going to be a female? I is want it, it to be a, a female. Is it going to be a black James Bond? Like, all these questions yeah. are up in the air. I want right? it to be different somehow. Yeah. Honestly, man, Idris Elba, James Bond. Whoa. That dude. Whoa. That actor. Whoa. Come on, man. He's an amazing actor. He's awesome. He can do anything he can he can play anyone mm-hmm. that shoots people yeah and that dude is like believable as as like a physical fighter a badass like you got to see this 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 uh i think it was like a documentary or something that he made where he was like he dedicated himself to boxing mm-hmm. but like grew gruel gruesome boxing like hand to hand you know just underground type boxing and um, the shape that the man is in, the physical strength, the ability, and he just exudes that like class that James Bond has. You know, yeah. I think I think you'd be a really really. You cool can just James like Bond. beat up anyone. Yeah, um, but I mean, technically, we got a 007 who was a female and black in this film. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and she was awesome. You yeah. Know? By the way, uh, I, I I couldn't put it together. Like, who is this actress? I've seen her somewhere before. She's the one who played uh, Monica Rambeau's mom in Captain Marvel. Really? Yeah. That's that's uh that's what she was the the actress of uh um uh of Captain Marvel's best friend. That part was pretty funny where she literally just shoved that scientist <laughs> off of that railing. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, yeah, it was, uh, she was really cool. Like, she brought this really cool thing, like, feeling to the movie. I liked that by the, by the end, she, like, really got to respect, 
um, James Bond. Enough to give him back give him, yeah, the title 007. Request to reinstate him as 007. Then um, we saw also Ana de Armas, who was like the secret agent in Cuba. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was wearing like this sexy cocktail dress and stuff, and she was <laughs> kicking all sorts of butt, man. Like, like I, all she, sorts she, of butt all over the place. She seems self-doubtful. Oh, yeah. Because, because like, she was near one of, like, the best agent in, mm-hmm. in MI6. Yeah. But she was so cool. Yeah, she was really, really good, man. Uh, and it was cool how she just kind of, like, she just, she was just meant for that part of the story. And that's it. You know, like, she yeah. didn't have to, like, stick around or come back around later. Um and then, of course, we got Felix, the CIA agent that uh, we were introduced to all the way back in Casino Royale in the first uh, Daniel Craig movie. He was all the way back there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, like, little by little, he, he and James Bond just created this friendship and this trust, you know, mm-hmm. because they were both spies. And, um, and yeah, he became, like, his only friend within that whole world, like, like a, outside of his people at MI6. Yeah. Uh, and so... So sad to see that character die. Yeah. Um, and then for James Bond to say, you know, like, I had a brother and his name was uh, was Felix, whatever his name is. And then he crushes this dude. Yeah. No. And he got, he, I'm so glad that he got to avenge his death. Yeah, that that guy mm-hmm. who smiled. <laughs> the guy who smiled with Yeah, that guy was so annoying, man. Literally, he was in, in the... In the weirdest of moments, he was just there smiling. In When he was in the car, like, driving yeah. towards Bond, trying to, like... Uh, beat him up or something yeah. he literally he was like holding a minigun pointing out of his car <laughs> and he was like yeah. smiling at him yeah was the, the character we're talking about is this guy who uh, apparently at first was from the state department and he was cooperating with Felix Leiter from the CIA um, and there was something fishy about the guy he was totally sus throughout that traitor. whole time yeah and then he ended up being a traitor working for um, for the, the main villain of the movie and then he shot Felix and then he got killed by James he did what did you think about the guy with the bionic eye? <laughs> oh, he was. That was interesting. <laughs> like mean, as far as henchmen go, he kept go, on coming cool. back though. He did, yeah. I do. Kind of like, hard to kill. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I like that. He's he was a henchman who stuck around. He I like how they killed, killed him out. though. They oh, had. They, oh yeah. They hacked. That the was EMP? They, they literally, Yeah, they used an EMP device to hack into his eye and explode yeah. it from the. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yo, hallway scenes. This the hallway. The the hallway. Not hallway. Staircase. Yeah. The I, staircase scene in the third act of this uh, of No Time to Die rivals the hallway scene from uh, from Daredevil. <laughs> like this dude. I, I literally said oh, in the movie theaters to you, whenever yeah. you search up James Bond's stare sequence yeah. on YouTube, <laughs> this is what's going to pop up. For he sure. was, like, shooting dudes left and right, kicked yeah. a dude off the stairs, literally fell on the friggin', like, first step. So good, man. What a cool scene. Was it all, was it supposed to be one take? It was. Was it? Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even pay attention to that. I was so caught up in the action that I didn't pay attention to see what it was whether it was a one take or not. Uh, but yeah, man, look, it was, um, of course, in the end, Daniel Craig's James Bond character dies. He dies in a heroic way because he ensures that the facility that is being used to create this Heracles virus, nano nanovirus, um, is destroyed by these missiles that, missiles that are incoming. And uh, he also realizes that the bad guy, the very last thing he does is that he infects him with a specific strain of the Heracles virus that would kill... Um, his girlfriend and his daughter mm. if he ever got close to them 
And so, so he realized there's nothing left for me out there, and yeah. I have to, I'm gonna, I'd rather stay here and, you know, ensure that, that this thing gets destroyed. You did kind of tell me that it's kind of ironic mm-hmm. that, well, not ironic, really, it's pretty sad, yeah. that, like, almost everybody that James has loved, mm-hmm. he's lost, and, yep. like, it's almost like he has some kind of, like, um, curse. Yeah, curse. Yeah. And like every everybody that he comes near kind of dies. Yeah. And it kind of came true. It did. Like yeah. the people, like physically, mm-hmm. he couldn't come near someone he loved or they would die. Yeah, I thought it was a very symbolic way of showing this like tr- the tragedy of James Bond. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, that in the end there was just no scenario where he could end up just living a normal happy life you know? yeah it is kind of i love that i love that um the one of the things that billy eilish said great song by the way no time to die yeah in no time to die in the beginning mm-hmm. um i loved it's kind of uh related to it she mm-hmm. said it proves that the blood you spill is just the blood you owe yeah like that that kind of <laughs> symbolizes yeah. that in a good mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that somebody cuz even though he was a good guy technically, he spilled a lot of blood. Yeah. You know, he took a lot of lives and, and he owed think, it. He owed the blood that he spilled. Yeah. So, um Yeah, man. Uh I thought it was a great send-off for Daniel Clark, uh, Daniel Gregg's um James Bond. I thought it was a great conclusion to the entire thing. I would probably put this one at like number three in, in the ranking of those movies. Skyfall is good. Yeah, to me, it's really difficult, honestly, between Skyfall and Casino Royale for number one. I like Skyfall. <sighs> but you haven't seen Casino Royale. Yeah, that is true. It, I find the same, and it's really interesting because there's like a lot of crazy parallels between Skyfall, between Casino Royale and Skyfall, mm-hmm. and Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. Really? Yeah. Like, even down to the villain. Like, because the villain in Skyfall, he is by far, I think, one of the most menacing ones. Who is he again? Um, This guy called Silva. And he's Silva. a guy who's like a mastermind at tech and hacking and stuff like that. In Wait, in Skyfall? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, you should remember him. Um, I'm pretty and, sure. And do you remember that he had a whole plot of getting captured, and once he was captured... He caused chaos from the inside. I think similar I to the Joker that. who planned to be captured and <laughs> all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, there's so many similarities, and of course, the origin story, right, of Batman Begins and the origin story of this James Bond in uh, Casino Royale. Like, there's just like this uphill climb during the, that first film to get to earning the status, you know, mm-hmm. um, just like Batman did. So, anyway, it's just a. Uh, um, it's really hard for me because one is like the origin and the other one is like to me the highest point in the in the whole series. Yeah. Um, but let's just say that Skyfall and Casino Royale are right there between yeah, the first like... and second place. And then uh, in third place definitely comes in No Time to Die. Yeah. Um, so I thought that it was it was great. Like it, the series began on a high note. The middle had a really high crescendo and then it ended off on a high note. And I will... There's a. I, I told you when we got back home that I felt nostalgic. Mm-hmm. There's a nostalgia that I feel whenever a series that I've been following for many years. From like since ends. the beginning. Yeah. Ends. It's like the same kind of feeling that I got from The Dark Knight Rises after I watched it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is over. When did That's Dark Knight it. Rises uh, come out again? Like I forget. Two thousand. 
It's somewhere 20, in the teens. 2012, 2012. Yeah, something like that. When I was born. Was it? It was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when, when that series ended for me, I was like, oh, no, this is it. Like, I'm not going to get to revisit this world, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing else, really? Right, yeah. And then, uh, you know, like, when Game of Thrones ended, the final season ended, the final episode, is like the same feeling of, like, the little emptiness, a little nostalgia. And I, 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 felt, the, I felt the same thing with, with this one. Um, so great film series, definitely my favorite James Bond um, of all time, and it's going to be difficult to top, honestly. All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get into our list of the creepiest comic book villains. Yeah. So stick around. So Joshua, you're a guy who likes audiobooks, right? You're an audible guy. I very much am. What are you listening to these days, son? This Halo audiobook. Halo. Yeah. So I I am not an Xbox guy. I right. am very much a PlayStation guy. And but one thing that I think is interesting about Xbox is Halo. It's de- it's definitely its most popular game. It is for on sure. Xbox. So this was like your way as a PlayStation guy to dive into the Halo world without having to go through the trouble of purchasing. Uh-huh. It's a great book. Nice. Like it's gotten me pretty interested. Would you recommend uh, diving into video game and comic book and other sci-fi worlds in the form of audiobooks? Yeah, I think you can learn a lot about your favorite subjects if you go on Audible. Here around these parts, we love us some Audible. And if you've never tried it out, we definitely, definitely recommend that you do. You can check out your very first Audible book for absolutely free on us by going over to audibletrial.com slash g101 again that's audibletrial.com slash g101 put in your information you get your very first book for free and then after that if you decide to stick around you'll be helping out the show so again head on over to audibletrial.com slash g101 and enjoy your first book free on us we love you 3000 and we're back And it's time for us to dive into a list of the creepiest villains to us, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Other people might have other uh, uh, opinions. Yeah. You know, like some people may really, really hate polka dots. So polka dot man is like terrifying to them. (laughs) That's probably a phobia out there. The the interdimensional virus. Sure. But uh, yeah, we're going to get into a list of a few of our, the, the villains that we find creepiest from the world of comics. Of course, a lot of these will have appeared in shows and movies and stuff like that, but um, but comics were at least their origin, right? Yeah. Or they were featured, they've been featured in comics. So uh, let's go ahead and begin with he whom you're not supposed to mention. Yeah, you just say, uh, I mean, you could just say... What do him. they call him? The Dark One? No. No, they it? they forget. say they say he who shall not say I don't know, I forgot. Something like that. From the world of Harry Potter, Voldemort. <laughs> oh, did you shudder? You shuddered. Bring this man. Look at you. Bring bring this man to that one prison that they hold that they held um that werewolf guy at. Sure. Uh but yeah, Voldemort. Um this dude is I mean a lot of villains are built up and then when you get the actual reveal or whatever you know it's maybe not all that they were built up to be yeah but this guy there's just something about his appearance his and i nose. think 
Yeah, or lack of nose. <laughs> and the fact that like they really, really built him up to be like this really fearsome character, and he kind of ends up delivering because the guy is pretty creepy looking, and he just yeah, he's like he's very skinny. menacing. He's tall. Yeah. He's completely pale. Yeah. He has like two lines, like a reptile where his nose should be. Yeah. He and, he somewhat and, resembles a human, I guess. I think. Um, I think part of it is also like the simplicity of the guy, like the character. He's really design, simple to be a villain. Yeah, but like you, if you really think about it, a lot of the creepiest villains are pretty simple when it when you come when it comes down to it. I mean, Joker basically, um, depending on the version, one of the most classic ones is orange kind of vest, purple. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but he has a whole bunch of like clothing, like layers and stuff like that, but. But like when you think of this guy, like I mean, he makes me think of characters like Jason Voorhees, for example. Mm-hmm. Like Jason Voorhees is wearing basically like this whole body jumper, and then the the mask. You know. You mean Michael Myers? No, I'm talking about Jason Voorhees, the guy with the ski mask, with the hockey mask. Oh, he Jason. didn't jumpsuit. Yeah, like like a like a prison type of jumpsuit, like a whole body jumpsuit. That's Michael Myers. No, dude, Jason Voorhees does too. Oh wait, no. You're thinking, yeah, you're thinking of Michael Myers. No, I'm pretty sure there was a there was one of the movies where he wore a jumpsuit. Really? I maybe I may be crazy, but um, yeah, you definitely are crazy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yeah, no. To to my point though, and to your point, you know, you've got characters like Michael Myers, right? Who, again, is like a one piece single color jumpsuit and Captain Kirk. <laughs> yeah, reversed ca- inside out Captain Kirk mask. <laughs> Um, but yeah, white, you know, just white face and the hair on top and that's it. Like there's no overly designed details to him. Like in that in itself makes him menacing. Mm. Right. Um, and there's other characters like that. So Voldemort to me has that kind of appearance. He's just like intimidating. He's creepy to look at. He's damn near immortal. Like the dude is so difficult yeah. to kill. I mean, you um, have you have to kill like seven other freaking items, right? And then you have to kill him. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I googled it. I was right. He does wear a jumpsuit in one of the movies. Oh, Jason. wait, I th- isn't that like the fake Jason? What? Ugh, what do you mean the fake Jason, man? Look, he has blue things. Doesn't Jason have red things? No, man. On his mask. There ain't no fake Jason. What are you talking about? Look, I watched the Jason. Anime- Jason definitely wears a jumpsuit in at least one of the movies. But that's that's the doppelganger oh, that that wears God. the blue. Look, look what it up. Doppelganger. You've never even seen a Friday look, the Thirteenth movie. I, I watched. Don't even an, try. I watched an animated recap really <laughs> wow and okay look it's a doppelganger listen man I, I i've seen jason movies. look it up i am not gonna look it up look it up i refuse you, you're just not going to because you know that you're wrong i was willing to admit that i was wrong until i went and i searched it and i found the freaking picture jason has red things on various his hockey masks he's had different masks he, he's never had blue Dude literally went to space and put on a metallic colored mask. So what are you even talking about right now? Look it up. No. Anyway. Because you're wrong. Anyway, (laughs) the point is Voldemort has that basic, classic, clean looking design that is just creepy. Yeah. Um, And yeah, of course, anybody who's seen the Harry Potter movies knows like how menacing he is and how dangerous he is and how good of a bad guy he is. I mean, he's kind of like the Darth Vader of that world, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's Voldemort. Uh, who do we have in number two spot? 
In number two spot, we basically have DC's embodiment of fear. Yeah. Scarecrow, Jonathan Crane. Yes, sir. This guy, I mean, he, he has it in his name. Scary. Yeah. He's He is scary, first of all. He uses some kind of toxin. The he serum. injects, yeah. yeah, the serum, scare serum. Fear he toxin. injects it into you, and you see, like, um, your worst fears. Yeah, your worst nightmare, basically. Yeah, I, I think he's he's really interesting because, um, I mean, his mask can look really creepy. Particularly, I love the design from the Arkham games. I like, like the one the in Arkham mask. Knight better. Oh yeah. Yeah, the other ones he just looks not human. Hmm. Um, I like. Um, I like some of the designs from the comics. I like the classic one where he really does look like a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's there. It's just interesting about him that yes, he might look creepy, right, just at first glance. But then really, it's all about that fear toxin, you know. Mm-hmm. And when that is in effect, he becomes like a supernatural creature, like he's yeah. horrendously scary. Um, it's kind of like he takes on a a, a a persona similar to like Freddy Krueger, right? Where in your nightmares, Freddy Krueger can become as big and, and turn into anything that he wants, take any kind of form. And that's kind of like how Scarecrow ends up, you know, looking and feeling when, when you're under the influence of his toxin. Oh, like in the Injustice 2 game, uh-huh. um, if, if his special move is uh, Fear Toxin, mm, yeah. obviously. And like, uh, and, it, and he brings you into like your dreams or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then he becomes becomes like big and he becomes a mm-hmm. demon version of himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And in the Arkham game too, you you have a sequence where like you're oh, intoxicated, yeah. remember that's that? That's really cool. And then you have yeah. to like sneak around his uh-huh. eyes light. Yeah. That's dope. It's really really cool. So yeah, Scarecrow is definitely one of the creepiest uh comic book villains ever. I mean, he's he's awesome. Plus his whole backstory is very dark, you know. Mm-hmm. Like as a child, he was locked up in this like basement cellar thing by his dad in the absolute dark. Uh, also, the, also like to force him to conquer his fear of the dark and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then he did, right? <laughs> and, and now he wants other people. Him, you know, it broke him. Yeah, and he became completely like deranged, but still intelligent enough to be able to get, you know, degrees and stuff like that, and become a psychologist, psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is why he knows all this stuff about the mind because he yeah. like he had studied about all he's this stuff for years guy. and years and years. Yeah, he's actually. His intelligence, I think, is is very underestimated within Batman's villains. Typically, when you think of intelligence, you think of Riddler. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this guy, man, like he really is very intelligent. Actually, in uh, season three of Titans, he's the main villain. Really? Yeah. In yeah. the new one? Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, what does he look like? He does. You've never seen him so far. We haven't seen him with a mask. Really? And it's already like see, episode seven or something like that. You see Jonathan Crane? Yeah, and that's the best part. That and they they picked a good actor, this dude from from Mad Men, and he's a really he's a good actor, and so you get to see the deranged nature of the man. Was it him outside who, the mask? Was it him who beat Jason with a crowbar? No, that or was, was Joker. It Joker. Yeah, that was Joker. But um, but let's just say that he's the one pulling the strings behind the, all the schemes in, in the season of, of Titans. He's the um, he's the, the specter behind the quantum. There you go. Yeah, 
So yeah, very, uh, very, very menacing without fear toxins, without the scarecrow mask. I mean, obviously they have it to. It was just like Jonathan Crane being menacing. So they I, have I to make that. him put on the suit and like the. Bro, I've been, I've been waiting for it what, so what much. What would it look like? There was a point when he saw the mask. He had it right in front of him. And he looked at it and he was like longingly looking at it. Wait, do we and see what? Like, do, do we oh see what the mask looks? Like? Oh yeah, 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 for, oh. for sure. And I was like, oh my god, is it finally gonna happen? And then he's like, no, no masks, no masks. Anyway, <laughs> Anyway, but uh, yeah, Jonathan Crane, great addition into this list. Next one, uh, from the world of Spawn, the Violator. So the Violator is this demon who, in his human form, he's this very, very chubby clown. Uh, very nasty looking, not like a nice clown. Very nasty, dirty looking. Wait, that's his human form? That's his human form, yeah. He does not look like a human. <laughs> he is, he is. Um, you could tell that it's like face paint. Yeah. Yeah, and then like he has like normal human skin and stuff. But again, very dirty, kind of like lacerated and cuts and stuff like that. But like, uh, and then he turns into his demon form, and he's even more terrifying. <laughs> you know, he's like this long, super tall. I don't know how many feet tall, um, horned demon with a gigantic venom-like mouth, and he's just <laughs> like terrifying. I, I remember when I first read the Spawn comics back in the 90s, man. I was like, who is the first transformation? You're like, what? Because you think the whole time that the that the clown is going to be the villain and suddenly yeah. he reveals this new form, this form. Uh, so, yeah, that was really cool. So the Violator, to me, has always been one of the creepiest characters. And he's disturbing. He's dirty and just nasty. He's just a, yeah. It's creepy, <laughs> creepy, creepy dude. All right, who do we have in the the next spot? So in the in the next spot we have Cletus Cassidy. Hmm, Cletus Cassidy, Carnage. Carnage. Yeah, who well, we just saw in live action in uh, Venom. Let there be Carnage. Um, yes. Yeah, so one of my criticisms of the Venom film of Let There Be Carnage, if you guys listen to. Uh, my review of the film Is that you didn't was get that I felt like they left a lot on the table when it came to really exploring the serial killer deranged nature of Cletus Cassidy. And now we'll never get to see it again because, spoiler alert, chomp chomp, Venom ate his head. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I do know how I feel about that. Watch that. Listen to that episode if you haven't yet. And he ate Carnage, too, which was stronger than him, so it was yeah. kind of weird. In the comics, man, like, Carnage is is really... Cletus Cassidy by himself, he's just twisted as all hell. The, the guy is very, very dangerous. So combined with the symbiote, it's like he becomes this, like, murder machine. Like, Carnage is his name for a reason. And, uh, yeah definitely menacing like i can't imagine imagine that this character has two forms a human one and a symbiote one and both of them are a threat yeah you know what i mean and then they combine them (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah definitely man killer killer uh killer villain right there anything else to say about that before we move on to the next one um I like how they didn't make him just like completely vibrant red uh-huh. in the movie. He they flushy. They kind of, yeah, it looked like if you like took Venom's insides and turned that yeah. onto the outside. <laughs> yeah. Like he has veins like and veins stuff. Like veins and little tendril things and yeah. It's yeah, just it, muscle. I, and... I also feel like they kind of mixed in a bit of orange to not make it just completely blood red. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I no the design of Carnage, like the this visually Carnage was one of my favorite things about that movie. Like, he was dope. Oh my god, yeah, that was awesome. He sounded dope. He did, yeah, for sure. No, I love the I love the design of Carnage. That couldn't have lot. been Woody Harrelson. His voice? Yeah, it was. That was It's in the credits, man. That didn't sound like him at all. You just don't have enough faith, Joshua. <laughs> Venom. <laughs> I'm like, how did you latch onto my dad? <laughs> um and sticking within the symbiote world, the next entry is actually Venom. Yeah. And He's Venom, kind of an I mean, hero. his beginnings were uh, as a villain, right? So we can include him in this list for that reason. He was the first and, symbiote that we ever saw. Right. In the Marvel comics. Right. And I got to be honest, like, Carnage, he kind of maintains his body shape. He does. But one of the scary things to me about Venom, especially in the comics, we haven't seen this yet really, like... we Okay, we kind of got a glimpse of it when in the first Venom movie he's fighting against Riot. Mm-hmm. There's that moment when it's like symbiote against symbiote, and it's like this incredible mess of oh, symbiote everywhere. Oh, it's just like everywhere. they kind of merge together, and then like yeah. you see the humans like punching at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the comics, there's um, I've read several like mini series of Venoms of Venom comics, and uh, there's a couple of them where they really like the artist really takes the symbiote to like a, the next level. Mm, maximum Venom. Yeah, and you see Venom how like. Because his nature, I feel, is a lot more fluid than than Carnage. Mm-hmm. Again, Carnage kind of maintains his, his his shape a little bit more. Yeah. Um. But Venom, it's like he can fill an entire room. Mm-hmm. And so it's like in this um in this one comic series, I remember I think he was facing off against like Wolverine or someone, <laughs> and he just filled the entire room. So the entire room was like this moving slithering mess of symbiote and like teeth were coming out of all different parts <laughs> of it. So it's what like would... all over the place there were there were there were like potential dangers, you know, for the person he was fighting. What would be cool is if uh, Venom merged with Wolverine and he then did in this comic. And then he took the claws trait and then he kept that and then he was <laughs> oh, able to take out the claws at any moment. Yeah, that'd be cool. He but he did he did merge with Wolverine. Um, all right, the next one. Let's see. Next one is now Demogoblin. Yeah. So you guys, obviously, even if you're just like a tier two geek, mm-hmm. you know Hobgoblin or Green Goblin is. Right. But this guy right here, he is a literal demon goblin. Yeah. Like, he's not wearing any mask or anything. He's real. Yeah, like, this guy was uh, the result of uh, an actual demon spirit that, like, escaped from some kind of hellish prison or something. And then he ended up uh, possessing the body of this dude who was, like, a special ops guy. I forget the guy's name. Philip Jones something. Mm-hmm. And um, and he became, he took on this, like, goblin persona. Oh, oh so- He took over a guy who, I, I think, had taken over the persona of, of Hobgoblin mm. at one point. And so he became this, like, alternate version of the Goblin where it's, like, he looks just terrifying. Like, I mean, he doesn't <laughs> he look more like a Goblin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like a Goblin crossed with a demon. Like, the mouth is, like, open with a bunch of teeth, like, venom. And, like, <laughs> it's really, really creepy. Um, so it's, like, basically what Green Goblin and Hobgoblin are trying to portray with their masks and stuff. Like, he was the real thing. He, I mean... Horrifying. Yeah, yeah, if, very scary. I mean, 
I mean, you can look it up. It's, it's Demo Goblin, D E M O Goblin, mm-hmm. all one word, and uh, you'll see you'll see what I'm talking about. A pretty creepy character from the comics. Yeah. All right, the next one from the world of Batman, of course, is the Joker. I mean, this. Now guy... this one, this one was your entry. You wanted to include the Joker in here. Tell me why. Because this dude, the Clown Prince of Crime, he. He's one of the classics. I mean, you just can't go wrong with Joker. I mean, he's deranged, but he's also very smart. <laughs> okay. As we see in the Christopher Nolan trilogy, mm-hmm. he's very he's very good at planning. Mm-hmm. And he's very good at seeing what Batman will do and seeing what he can do to stop what Batman will do. Right. And he's just very terrifying to think of in that way that he's always one step ahead of you okay but but what is it that's scary about him i mean he looks scary first of all obviously does he really i mean some the version where he tore his freaking face off (laughs) so yes 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 that version which is from uh from the new 52 comic run and it's from a specific storyline called death of the family Mm-hmm. And it's where oh, death of the family, not in the family, not in the family. Yeah, death of the family, and it's this whole story arc where um, the doll maker ends up removing. Oh, it was the doll maker who did that. Yeah, ends up removing Joker's face, and like for the longest time, Joker's face. It's like bandages. <laughs> no, no, no. For the longest time, Joker's face, like his skin. Mm-hmm. Is hanging on a on a like on a on a frame in Gotham in GCPD. What? How? <laughs> how did the GCPD get his face? Well, they got it because they found it in in Arkham. Oh, because he escaped. And so, because uh, what Dollmaker did is that he put someone else's face on him so he could escape Arkham. Mm-hmm. Um, but he left his face there, lying on the floor in his cell Just in Arkham. Casually left your own face. Just casually left the face right there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, uh, so yeah, like the face was there hanging in GCPD. And there's this scene, man, where honestly, is I think this is like the scariest that I've ever seen Joker being. Um, where he goes back to retrieve his face from GCPD, mm-hmm. and he shuts off the lights of the entire thing, and he just keeps on popping out of like the shadows unexpectedly to kill <laughs> like cops and detectives and stuff like that, and he finally retrieves his, his face, and, and he, he like, ends up staples it. Yeah, he staples like, it back onto his face, like Jerome Valeska. Yeah, wasn't, so, wasn't like, that oh, inspired that's right. I forgot by that, that, it? Yeah, that's where they got that idea. That's right. I mean, if I just casually walked into the GCPD police department, I mean, just, you know, trying to report that someone had tried to stole my to, to steal my purse, mm-hmm. and then I see this white face yeah. in, like, a frame mm-hmm. labeled Joker's face, I, like, bolt out of that thing. Yeah. Did they, in the in the Gotham show, did they show that, that as well? Um, that, like, they framed his face? Yeah. No, I don't oh, think okay. they did. But they did show him, like, without his face. hmm Well, they showed him that, like, um, without his face, he just had it all bandaged up. Yeah. And you could just kind of see, like, the parts that they couldn't bandage up clear that you could see it. They yep. were just, like, bloody and red. Yeah, in the comics, um, in Death of the Family, they kept, uh, like, it was for the rest of that run, he was like that with his face, like, kind of, like, stapled onto his bot onto his cranium Mm -hmm. and it never quite fit Fit right like it was (laughs) something you just sagging it was always moving yeah and it would like fall in parts at different moments and it so it's like 
for some reason they just played off of that creepiness factor of um of that version of the joker throughout that entire series and it is the most the scariest the the, the creepiest that i've ever seen the joker for sure mm-hmm. second place i think would be heath ledger's joker because that joker was like really intimidating man that he, was creepy like he, you never knew what his real deal was he was scary because of the fact that he was so intelligent yeah he's always one step ahead of you yeah. always like 10 steps ahead of you yeah so smart now keeping within the batman world the batman who laughs this is contrary to popular belief uh-huh. this is not joker it is not this is, I mean, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's actually in, uh, in L- an alternate version of Batman. Where he gets, like, where Joker dies because, like, Batman finally snaps mm-hmm. his neck. Mm-hmm. And, um, and some toxin in his heart or whatever. Yeah, it turns out the Joker yeah. had, like, put uh, inserted this, like, bomb into his heart that whenever it went off. Yeah. Uh, whenever his heart stopped, the bomb would go off. And mm. so it went off and it infected Batman with a Joker toxin with a high dose, high enough that Batman ended up losing his mind. Mm-hmm. And so he retained this whole Batman thing, but at the same time, like, it was like he ended up becoming this mix between Batman and Joker. It's, it's pretty weird because whenever I read a comic with Batman who laughs in it, mm-hmm. and then I see, um, and then I see the speech bubbles, I'm in my mind, I'm always reading it in a Joker voice, yeah. but I should be reading it in, um, in what's this guy's name? Oh my gosh, Bruce Wayne. No, the guy who plays Bruce Wayne. Um, the guy uh, who plays Bruce Wayne, the guy who plays always played Batman. Um, Roy, not Roy. Uh, the the Batman for Mark Hamill's Joker. Michael Keaton. No. <laughs> oh, oh, in the in the cartoons, in the cartoons. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know, I know who you mean. I know. Who you yeah, mean. that guy. Like, I I should be picturing his voice. Yeah, yeah. You should be imagining his voice. It is his voice. Because it's still Bruce Wayne. Sure, right. But but it's weird. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, whatever comics you've read, but um, the comic that I read, the Batman Who Laughs story, mm-hmm. um, the his speech bubble specifically... Are black are, and red. Yeah, but also like the way that the letters are bolded, like one word will have only certain letters bolded, meaning that, that it's like accented. So it's like... You know, he has this weird way of speaking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He has to do that because they accentuate certain parts of words in this really weird way. I remember that you did tell me that in that in one of the comics that he was in that you were reading. Yeah. That um that he had this this blind uh guy who mm-hmm. worked at um Wayne Manor. And oh, yeah. since mm-hmm. he was blind obviously he couldn't see uh Bruce Wayne. And so oh, uh, Wayne Tech, yeah, the guy yeah. who worked at Wayne Tech. And mm-hmm. so um, he was able to, to to pass as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. because yeah, he had basically the same voice. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was able to like bring neutralize his voice in mm-hmm. that case, you know, to to talk like like normal Bruce Wayne. But yeah, it's not exactly Bruce Wayne's voice. There has to be some kind of distortion to his voice uh, as as Batman who laughs because they write it in a very specific way. Uh, or draw it in a very specific way. Troy um, Baker? Is that it? No. Oh. No way. You'll get there. <laughs> I, I can't remember it either, so. 
Um, so yeah, Batman Who Laughs, very, very creepy. Uh, by the way, very interesting that we have a lot of characters, a lot of the creepiest characters are actually from the world of Batman. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense, right? Because has... Batman does play off of the, all the whole fear thing. He's all mm. about in, in uh, inducing fear in the hearts of criminals. And so it's it's only right that he would inspire very fear, uh, fearful, not fearful, very creepy villains. Yeah, right? I mean, he did scare Joker before he was Joker so much that he fell into the acid vat, his skin yeah. became white, and his mind got all screwed up. Yep. Um, and the, here comes another one, Zass. This guy is messed up. Oh. Yeah. Here's he's another dude who's twisted. actually just human. There's nothing supernatural yeah. about him. He's a serial killer, kind of like Cletus Cassidy, but honestly, a little bit creepier than, than Cletus Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, Cletus Cassidy has the whole thing, like, eats the blood of his victims. But this guy, every kill that he gets, he literally, like, carves a laceration into his skin. Yeah. yeah like, he's doing, like, ha- tally hash. marks. Tally marks. There you go. Yeah, that's the word. Uh, tally marks for every, every person that he... Uh, that he kills and he acts very deranged like mm. uh, anytime that i see him in the comics like he really is very like unnerving those arkham city missions oh I yeah remember, arkham like yes. those things were so annoying mm-hmm. uh he was like if you don't if you don't find the ringing telephone in time i'll kill this random dude <laughs> like things kept popping up and i felt so bad for these people so i had to do them yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure uh, so yeah zass very very creepy character uh, in another corner of the DC world, from Aquaman world, the, the trench. trench. So Those... these are these creatures who live. They're one of the like tribes or whatever of, yeah. of Atlantis, ancient Atlantis, and they're the ones that ended up going to the deep, dark part of the the ocean. We did see them in the Aquaman movie, right? Oh yeah, for sure. When they were sailing, yeah, they were like freaking infesting that boat. Remember? Yeah, and they had to yeah. like throw flares at them because mm-hmm. light. Like, they don't like light or something. Right. They were, like, beating them up. They were so terrifying that James Wan, who was the director of Aquaman, uh, who also is the director of many, many scary films, Mm -hmm. some of the most, you know, famous um, in recent times, he decided that he wanted to make a spinoff called The Trench. Oh, yeah. Remember that? You told me about that one time. Yeah. And, um, And this was canceled, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, but, but the plan was that he was going to just focus in on the trench and those creatures and create basically a horror movie spinoff of the Aquaman film, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really, really cool. But yeah, these dudes are like freaking terrifying. They're kind (laughs) of like xenomorphs in the water is the vibe that I get That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, Morbius. Does Morbius scare you? I mean, (laughs) that, that trailer... I gotta be Batman. Honest. Look, ever since the first, the very first time that I saw Morbius was in the 1990s uh, Spider-Man cartoon. I had never seen him in the comics before. I just never got into that whole vampire side, Blade, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but when I saw him in the cartoons, he just was so unnerving to me. It was weird. It was kind of creepy to me. Like when he transformed, the way that his nose became bat-like, <laughs> and then like. He would suck not blood but plasma through the holes in his hands. Like plasma from blood? From people, yeah. He would like put his palms on, on a person's skin and like suck out plasma from their blood through holes in his hands. That's creepy. Uh, like, my my trypophobia. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, ugh, ugh. No. And, and so like it, it just, 
I don't know. I've always found that character creepy, and I think that's one of the things that like fascinates me about the movie. That I want to see what Jared Leto does with that guy, but like he looks just like in the comics. Yeah. You know his face and stuff. I mean, the best way he is basically, if you want to describe him, bat. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, by the way, if if you don't know what trypophobia is, you might have it. Don't look it up because <laughs> if you have it. There are so many pictures that are going to trigger you. Do not look it up. All I can tell you, it's a fear of tiny holes. Yep. So, yeah, Morbius to me, uh, he's just always been very, very disturbing and creepy. Um, All right, the next one, Man Bat. This guy, I mean, in Arkham Knight, that game... Um, that game scared the junk out of me. Man. Oh <laughs> that my jump God. scare where he where he was just like, yeah, yeet. Wow, like <laughs> is this moment where you you? I imagine it's always the same. I don't know. I think it was the same for you. I never where, played like, Arkham you, Knight. Oh, you didn't? No. So did you see a video of when he shows up or something? Yeah, I've seen oh, a okay. video. Yeah, it's like it's completely unexpected because he's kind of like a side mission. You start like yeah. you catching these clues here and there about sightings of a giant bat or whatever and um you 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 repel to like a certain structure and then he's and like, as soon as you're getting up this dude just peeks out from the other side <laughs> yeah, like, yeah freaking terrifying man i damn near lost my mind when when that, when that <laughs> guy showed up it's like a legitimate jump scare in the middle of a, of a video game <laughs> Uh, but yeah, very like legitimately creepy character. You I know? need to get myself ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I eventually play that game. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's basically just like a cross between a man and a bat. Yeah. Giant I mean, bat looking dude. Man you know? bat, just the reverse of Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very very creepy character for sure. Um. Next we have. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, christened on Tuesday, married on Wednesday. Uh, got sick on Thursday. Died. Got worse on Friday. Died on third. Died on Saturday. <laughs> buried on Sunday. This is the life of Solomon Grundy. I don't think we need to say anything else. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Geary. Yeah, I'm a great poet. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, yeah, Solomon Grundy. I think that. Um, there's a few iterations of this guy, a few incarnations of this of this character that are legitimately creepy because they play off of what he really is, which is like a Hulk-like zombie. Yeah. You know, it's basically what this dude is. He's a giant zombie, very powerful, very strong. Um, that boss fight in Arkham City was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where so, he was like electrostatically shocked by Penguin. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I think I think there's a creepiness factor. How do you feel about Solomon? Um, I mean, Zombie Hulk, Gray. That's basically what he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is kind of like a. What's the word I'm looking for? There's kind of like a like a classic monster look to him. There's. It's like kind of just like a Frankenstein. Yeah, like Frankenstein crossed with like a zombie. Technically, kinda Frankenstein is a zombie. Reincarnated zombie. Yeah. Ginormous Hulk guy. Yeah. So, so definitely like a creepy guy, especially when you see him like interacting at night and he comes at you from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So the next one, I don't really know anything about it. So you just take the floor. Yeah, from the the world of the uh, Walking Dead comic books and of course the Walking Dead series, it's Negan. I think um, Negan is 
He's not really creepy, is he? Uh, he's scary. He's scary, but is he like creepy, like eerie? He can he can be, because there's this, like, I think anyone watch anyone who's watched the show and saw Negan during his like villain run, because now he's kind of like reformed, um, knows what I'm talking about. Like, this is a character who he commandeered so much power, so much authority, that when he spoke to the characters in the show and in the comics, it's like legitimately creepy. Like, his words carry so much terror behind them because this dude is a guy who will, like, smash a guy's head in. He's played by a good actor. He is, yeah. Yeah, I think I know who he's played by. Yeah, Jeffrey... uh, Jeffrey McGee. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, I find them creepy. But the, now thinking about it, there's also the Whisperers. And the Whisperers are these people who... Aren't they those, like, society that blend in with zombies with masks? Yeah, they put on, like, the faces and heads of the skins of zombies to uh, blend in with the dead. Uh, and these guys are definitely creepy, especially because they're, they, they're called Whisperers because they, they talk to each other very low as they walk along with the zombies. And so that's kind of creepy because you could like the characters, the main characters like hear these whispers out of nowhere in the zombie horde and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, they're, they're like, is there well. a zombie that's talking? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, next one. Professor Pig. Professor Pig. Yeah. Oink oink. This guy. <laughs> Another one from the world of Batman. This guy is the farthest from being a pig that oinks. <laughs> yeah. He is. This terrifying. is just. I don't know. He's kind of like he makes me think of Saw because Saw. Jigsaw, that character from the horror movies, like he's a, he does a whole pig head thing. He's kind of like a butchery type yeah, character. Yeah, he is kind of like a butcher, and I mean he's like a serial killer, right? He's basically yeah, what it is. Basically. And uh, and yeah, he wears this pig head uh, on his head, and he's just creepy. He's creepy looking. Yeah. Like I don't want to get caught by that guy. You know, he's just creepy looking. And at number seventeen, we have. Death Vader. Death Vader, yes. That, that's have, what it says on our list, so I that's what have, I'm going to go I with. I may have misspelled Darth Vader. <laughs> totally. <laughs> go with Death Vader, boy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Death Vader. Um, he was your pick. Why? I feel like just... I mean, he was obviously inspired by a samurai, which obviously you wouldn't want to go up against a samurai. He can, like, beat you yeah, up. Yeah, but does that make him half. creepy, though? No, I mean, I don't. I didn't really think of this this stuff as creepy. I thought of it as just like scary. Okay. So this guy, he's menacing. Yeah. He's really like. He looks scary. Like you wouldn't want to run into this guy. No doubt. Also, his like powers. He has um, better powers than some other force users. Mm-hmm. And. His lightsaber's cool. I guess there is something creepy about when, like, if Darth Vader's there and he's just staring at you in silence because <laughs> you see, like, no expression. You don't know what he's thinking. He could be planning. Like, suddenly you could start being force-stroked out of the wow, you know, and you don't know what's yeah. going on. Or he could just start you, like, smashing you <laughs> yeah. against the ground in the roof. Yeah. So I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess he can he can be, he's definitely intimidating, very, you know, he instills fear, for sure. The, the best example of that is that Rogue One scene. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was so hyped when I saw that. I was like, ooh, Darth Vader. And then he oh. just started, like, beating the crap in life out of those dudes. Yeah, for sure. All right, so out of this whole list, right, we got Voldemort, Scarecrow, the Violator from Spawn, the Xenomorphs. You didn't mention the Xenomorphs. You skipped that one. Oh. The Xenomorphs from Aliens. I think I deleted them from my list. This guy. Carnage, Venom, Demogoblin, Joker, the Batman Who Laughs, Zass, the Trench from Aquaman, Morbius, Mambat, Solomon Grundy, born in the Monday, Negan, <laughs> Professor Pig, Darth Vader. Out of that entire list, what would be your top pick for you personally, like the creepiest one to you? Let's see. I think, honestly, mm-hmm. I have a tie. Okay. Either between Zaz. Yeah. Or, I know this is going to sound really cliche, but Joker. Really? I mean, huh. they're both, like, they are both creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, they're kind of just criminals. They just, like, if I saw them, I would be horrified. Joker, really? Joker, <laughs> Yeah. Huh? Interesting. I mean, Joker, he's, like, torturous. That's interesting, man. I, I mean, I just love how people portray him, uh, specifically Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Mark but Hamill just gives thing, him, though. to me, Mark Hamill just gives him an extra layer of, like, derangedness. Really? Zaz is just like maybe straight in the, up serial maybe in killer. the Arkham games. In the Arkham games, yeah. Because the truth is that like the Joker in in the Batman animated series from the nineties, like he he was kind of goofy. He was on the goofy side. It's an animated series for children. But still, it's voiced by the same guy you were just talking about. Because the game isn't meant for two year olds. <laughs> It's not meant for, like, four-year-old four kids who are like Batman. Okay. So, I mean, so pick one, though, between those two. Who do you feel you might be able to spend a, an afternoon with and actually come out alive? Joker. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably, like, like if Joker is amused by you somehow, he'll probably keep you around. I mean, the the best, I mean, um, the, the least... The least bad thing that he could do to me mm-hmm. is just like tie me up. Right. <laughs> I like you, kid. You have random facts for me. <laughs> I could tell him how to defeat Batman. There you go. You can throw some ideas at him. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think there's any scenario where you spend an afternoon yeah. with Zass alone in an apartment and like, and, not and come you're out gonna <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna come out alive. You 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 did. I you mean, he, after 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 he walks out of that apartment, he's gonna have a new tally mark. He will, and yeah, and you will be no more. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for me, it's an easy one, man. The trench. Really? I have a phobia of open water. Oh, that's, so do I. Actually. That's one of my only phobias. Th- that's one of my only phobias too. And I'm already terrified in being in open water. I'm already terrified of what is beneath me because that's that's what oh, terrifies me. I should have chosen me. the trench. <laughs> See, I have to have phobia. Because <laughs> like. If if I if I'm in open water, the thing that terrifies me about open water is not knowing what is. Yeah, that's horrifying. Yeah, knowing if, that there's like a whole world of creatures under me, and I have zero control. Like any one of them could just come up and like eat me, and I have no say so in this the matter. This is why I'm never going scuba diving. <laughs> also, um, 
the scene from Shang Chi. Oh my god, it gives me so much anxiety. The where, dragon. I mean, even if it was oh daytime god, yeah. and I went under the water and I saw a freaking dragon. Yeah, you're dead. You're dead. Then, then. Like, I like I can't express how freaked <laughs> out I would be. Yeah, you're dead. I, I would. I dead. Zas will still have another tally mark to put on his body. He yeah. doesn't even have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a really really fun time gathering yeah. up our uh, favorite creepy characters from comic books. Um, definitely there are many many more out there that are that are creepy and creepy for different reasons to different people right mm -hmm. so it's uh, it's just fun a fun conversation to have uh, to see what scares people because comic books have something for everyone uh, so yeah this was a lot of fun thank you guys so much for listening we really appreciate every single minute that you dedicate to our podcast and to our crazy geeky conversations if you want to support the show remember you can do so by purchasing some swag for yourself head over to geekology101.com and click on merch to be taken to that section of our website if you want to hit us up there's a contact form there on the website or if you prefer more traditional means you may hit us up at g101podcast at gmail.com thank you all so much for listening we'll catch you on the next episode which will continue to be creepy topics yeah we're gonna do keep on doing spooky stuff all the the rest of october all the, i mean not december october yeah october i sorry yeah bye peace